so okay so i i like jazzy fingers guy but uh that one that i think is supposed to be like a street view or something in cuba the, oh, the bathroom colors, one the what yeah the one that was in the bathroom like i yeah, love I like that, that one too. i absolutely love that one sorry i was protesting but mine was muted i did not do those i actually bought those in cuba oh now i could do the one that's the street view of cuba like i am that level of artistic but like the other one is much better than i could do currently oh well then that that doesn't no i anything. was trying to protest the whole time i was like no i didn't do that and then i'm like oh fuck muted okay okay so yeah once again we're back to where i expected us to be okay okay i i, I have a question mm-hmm. i have this this is a this is a um snap question and i promise the last time i'll bring it up yeah it's fine we but talk about snap I, all you want i think it creates a nice juxtaposition against what i'm streaming um i have null in my shop he's six thousand credits Oof. i only have 400 i'd rather see shit from from pull three and like get them off my list, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then then sit w- looking at him for the next four months. months. Yeah. yeah, the next couple of months. Even though he's really tempting, I mean, I don't have any of the other cards that go in uh, a good destruction deck. I don't have Hellcow. I don't have uh, uh, Dracula help. or any of that shit. Those wouldn't help. Why? Those are just. Those are discard, not destroy. True. Okay. Mm. Oh, we're talking. Uh, Null is, Null is, Null is the Galactus Galactus uh, ramp card, right? No, I don't have him either. I've seen him used in Galactus and Death. Oh, power and, is whatever's and been Destroyer. I mean, yeah. If you have like Wave Galactus. No. Yeah, I don't have any of that. So yeah, I'm not yeah. pinning him. Fuck it. Okay. I mean, I'm I have a card pinned that they're getting ready to drop the token price on, and I hope that it reflects and I'm not stuck at three thousand. What card is that? Uh absorbing man. Oh god, yeah. I would love it. he's awesome. Yeah. And and with uh with uh Zabu Spider-Man's got a gotten a real uh resurgence apparently. Listen, and listen, Spider-Man is getting changed. Why? They're not going to let that go, dude. I I played Zabu today, my Zabu deck. Okay? And I then on turn 5 made it so that my opponent could not play a card on turn 6. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Not because there was a location that he wasn't going to be able to play cards in normally, because when I moon girled, I had moon girl sitting on Wong and I ended up with three Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're not going to let that stand. Here's the thing. Like I play Spider-Man occasionally, but there's not a situation where I've seen two Spider-Mans in a row. I have. I I saw that. I Absorbing saw that. man can copy him and redo him. I saw I it today can, with a Wong. Yeah, I can consistently 
get out to Spider-Man with my Zabu deck. It is, it's, there's only a handful of times, I'd say less than five times, that I've been able to pull off triple Spider-Man because no, 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 you no. need... Sorry, you need to decks. clarify, I meant I don't play the same deck. I don't see the same deck two times in a row. Oh, okay. Like, it is not just a deluge of Spider-Man decks. Like, I get oh, that. that it's not that like Leader where you see him every other but, deck. Right. If it was something where I saw them all the time, though, those are the ones where I would start carrying... Like, oh, we need to do something about this because I'm seeing him five out of seven turns or five out of seven games. Yeah, I don't see him that often. You're right. Like, I am fine in this game losing because they're quick games and then moving yeah. on. There's yeah. decks that I have lost every game I've played with them because they're just, well, some of them are just built for the daily objectives. But, like, yeah, they're certainly. I, I have some decks that are so, built yeah. just with my cards with uh, that are still gray or green yeah. that i'm just playing them just to get boosters so when i do get credits i can rank up shit easy i'm getting ready to split my black panther bear variant for the fifth time i've the, um, i Pro also bundle. play snap time limited <laughs> the is pro bundle is that time limited like i didn't see I an expiration i don't know what you're talking about um, the $99 for 12,500 credits and 155 boosters times eight. So eight people's boosters. Yeah, that's not worth a hundred bucks to me. Um, I mean, it's the equivalent of 250. 250 yeah. So it's the cards I would be getting in between there added on top. <coughs> but yeah, those I can don't. all still be tokens, you know. But I wasn't going to buy it right now. I just, if there was no time limit on it, then... Just a hundred is just a lot to lay down. Yeah. Yeah, but if I'm going to lay it down $10 at a time for the next six months, then it's not so bad to do it now. I, I, I've spent nine ninety nine on the game total. Okay. No, well, I'm sorry. $13.99, whatever. Because I didn't buy the Black Panther bundle and lucked into getting Black Panther the day after that one went away, that season pass. Didn't buy the Silver Surfer one. But then I bought Zabu. And I bought the... Uh, the, the so do you have Surfer? Day. No. No. Oh. No, he's pool five. Oh, I, I bought that when I started. I'm like, oh, I, okay, I'll get I did as well. Just because, just because of all the stuff you get in that season pass, the credits, the boosters, the gold, the yeah. variants that you can rank up. The I saw value yeah, in it. All that shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, there's there's value in it. I'm just not spending that. I mean, it, it, um, it's not like the rest of the store where there's literally nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those those top thing now three thousand uh, gold for those three variants up there, and that's fifty bucks. Hard pass. Yeah, I'm sorry if they had something for nine ninety nine, I may consider it, which they do, and that's what I bought. But if they had these bundles up here, if they had one of those uh, Captain America bundles. 
every month? Sure, I'd consider that. I'd buy that. You get a variant of a pool, you know, a starter or a pool one or two card, uh, just a variant of it. Just and not a pixel. Please, I, God, not a pixel. I don't fucking care about pixels. Uh, I rank them up just because I want to advance my collector thing, but they are not the first, my first choice. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of bitter right now because the last three times, because the, the gold collector's boxes work in cycles of four. Uh, card, currency, something else, something else. I, I don't remember. But the last three or four times that it's been card, it's been a pixel variant. I'm just, I'm just done with pixel variants right now. Yeah, I, I, I got a, a Star Lord, a Storm, a Surfer. If few they other, all few they others, look, but they if they oh, all looked Ford as cool, Master. Ugh. If they all looked as cool as Carnage, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, if they all good. looked like they were popping off of a computer screen, like like a video game. Yeah, cool. The Silver Surfer one isn't that bad. I I would consider using that one but the one from the the variant from the season pass i like that one much better where he's coming straight at you yeah i think that one's cool yeah but yeah i'm just getting getting the stuff in pool three that i i want quick enough yeah like mystique and uh I don't know some of those those cards that you see in every fucking deck. I just don't because like they it. have utility. I don't. You like don't like. I have her. I've played her. I don't care for her. Like dislike. She just seems to. Oh, I know a lot of people use her. Yeah, not be a necessity for some. I uh, don't like playing her. I mean, I have I have not played a uh, a deck that Mystique has felt like a winning play. Outside, I will say, outside of my double dinosaur deck that I have that I do pretty well with, that's the only <coughs> Mystique. Yeah, uh, the most I see her in is like Patriot decks. Yeah, I mean where I she where I, she where she copies because she copies a ongoing Patriot. right. Yeah, Patriot. Yeah. yeah, I think I do have. And her I, I think that's the that's the weakness of her is pay, ongoings aren't where it's at. You know, people are most of the gotcha cards are the on reveal cards. Yeah, the ongoing are the. I'm going to be a problem for a while and just waiting for a rogue or an enchantress to come along. Yeah. I guess I do, I do love stealing people's Wong and stealing people's Patriot with my rogue. <laughs> I guess I, I have two decks that I run mystique in. Uh, I've, I've pretty much, I've tried her in other things and I just end up taking her out. There, there's cards that people are like, "Oh, run this," and I'm like, "Yeah, I just don't like it." I just every time I see it, like right now, 
um, Shang-Chi, he's on his last leg in my decks. Because so many times I have him in my in my hand and I don't want to play him just for three power. Right. There's no target. You know, people are hiding behind armor or playing things like uh, White Tiger, which is just below his target threshold. So right. he, he just seems like a waste. And I've, the last four or five decks I've, like, run more than, you know, a couple times, have omitted him just because... Yeah. I, I I can see him coming. I know what, what's going to lure him. I know when they're going to play him. You know, I've done it myself. So you can you can avoid him well enough without fearing him or feeling obligated to bring your own. Yeah. Sorry, I said I'd talk about something else. Yeah. Uh, hey, you, not hey, you know what? It, it's all good, man. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Two Fools Rush again. Uh, I'm Jeff Bookman. I'm a corporate tired guy. I'm also tired. I'm petitioning we rename this to Snap Decisions. <laughs> oh, man. Bravo, sir. Bravo. I watched the uh, Ernie Madoff thing on Netflix last night. I'm it's sorry. Like a, it's like a four-part thing. Man, you, watching that, you just lose all hope in capitalism. It's really just for just for those who have it. Yep. All the people that walked away from Unscathed. that. Un, not charged. The people at the FCC should have gone to jail. Oh, yeah. How many times yeah. were they warned, told? That one guy chased them down. And they said, no, no, no. He's, he's the head of the, the... He's the chairman of the board on NASDAQ. He can't be corrupt. Huh. I mean, he almost canceled uh, one of... Dylan's favorite holidays. Martin Luther King Day? No. Bernie made or uh Bernie made him. Uh Bobby Bonilla Day. Oh. I do love me some Bobby Bonilla Day. Isn't this the last year for Bobby Bonilla Day? I'm thinking it was like 2035, maybe. Oh, is it that long? It is ridiculous. It was like a 30-year deal. Oh wow. I didn't realize that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, it's the best. Like, I'm not. A, I'm not even huge on sports, and I love this. So the New York Mets signed Bobby Bonilla, like in the what was that? Early '90s, mid '90s, Dylan. Yeah, this was the 2000s. I thought. Was it that? Let me check. So. They signed him to this deal, and it was a lot of money. It, but they uh, paced it out. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla worked out the contract addendum with the Mets after he was released in 2000. Okay. 
Instead of paying out the $5.9 million still owed to him following the 1999 season, the team agreed to pay Bobby Bonilla $1.19 million every day or every year on July 1st from 2011 through 2035 when he will be 72 years old. So, so from 2011 gets, to 2035, he gets $1.19 million every July 1st. That should keep him for a year. Yeah. Yeah, a million dollars a year? I could live on that. I could, I could live on a quarter of that. I have come to the realization that I am, I am not, like, I, I, don't get me wrong, I want more money, everybody wants more money, but the amount of money where I would get to and then I'd be like, yeah, I'm okay if I don't make any more than this a year is not that high. All things considered. It's not, that's not weird because you're, you're not alone. Like if I could get to somewhere between like two and 250K a year, I like, I'm good. That would be more than I would need. My number is well below that. Oh, I mean, my my actual number is well below that, but like at 200K a year, like I could buy the house next door, tear it down, build myself a driveway, buy my dream car, travel, do like just ridiculous dumb things that I would not normally think to do. Um, you know, I mean, if I got to... 150. I like at that point, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not one of those people that want to, you know, go and buy like a million dollar sports car. You're not a, you're not a Tate. Uh, no, no, I'm not a Tate. He seems cool. <laughs> Small dick energy. I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're into uh, toxic masculine, toxic insecure masculinity, then yeah, yeah, super cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I see. Yeah. His uh, his uh, bail was denied. Oh yeah, he's he is super fucked. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you human traffic. Yes. So I have to ask, Bookman, are you just doing something on repeat? Is that what you're streaming? It looks like uh, Idle Champions. It is Idle Champions. Right, but it just looks like a loop. Uh, so It, it looks like it's sped up. Well, it... Two two things. 
it sort of is a loop in that it's advancing stage to stage uh in the top right corner there's a stage number that yeah. is advancing um yeah. but a majority of the stages are similar uh here i'll get shit off the screens um and the game is currently uh this is my super speed group uh mm. one that i am legit happy with and proud of uh yeah the game is running at seven and three quarters speed gotcha okay that makes sense uh yeah it it runs at like 700 percent uh and then the enemies spawn something like 80 percent faster no, it ends up like 300%. So the enemies are spawning like 300% faster and the game is running like seven times faster than normal. So yes, it looks stupid fast. Okay. Um, but it it's also taken me four years to get a team that can do this, which was kind wow. of which was kind of the goal from the beginning. Like I, I, speed teams are typically not quite as strong, uh, okay. but we're in the middle of a season, uh, yeah. the second season uh and it's heroes of Baldur's gate and there's eight of those motherfuckers and the 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 characters have different abilities that will sometimes stack if they're with like a party member that they would normally be affiliated with or associated with historically if they're okay. like characters from the book or whatever and yeah. so there are a couple of uh weird interactions that happen because there are so many uh heroes of Baldur's gate um but like it buffs the damage of everybody uh okay. and then it it throws a, a handful of abilities out that are affected by that so gotcha so i watched a movie last night called duel uh karen gillen yes that is not why I watched it, but that was that was a nice add-on. Um, I highly recommend that. Uh, and Aaron Paul. Yes, yes. I haven't seen it. I just I remember it. Uh, it looked like something that I I I would enjoy. It is it is fantastic. Uh, and once you watch it. So help me fucking God if people come back and they say shit like, well, of course you enjoyed it. And of course you recommended it because of the ending. Fuck you all. <laughs> it's what you like, man. Just, I mean, I'll say okay. that now. I, I I know coming into it, if you're recommending something to expect the ending to probably disappoint me. Um, I don't think the ending is disappointing. Is it a car um, chase? No. no, you're thinking of a different movie. Okay, because I, I went over to uh, Brad's and watched a made-for-TV movie, you know, from the '70s called Duel. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was quite disturbing. And the ending was, what is he dead? All I see is a drop of blood. So never mind. Karen, Karen Gillan was a baby in the '70s. I don't know if Aaron Paul was born. I was a baby in the 70s. Yeah, 1670s. Just the 70s? Like, no, nothing yeah, additional? Yeah. Just 70. Okay. Year 70. 
I was a baby. Yeah. Was that BC? Mm-hmm. Okay. I also watched. Um, I think we are alone now. I the Debbie Gibson story. No. Oh. It wasn't Debbie Gibson either. That was a Tiffany song from the eighties. I don't know. It was a cover, but anyways. I'm ashamed uh, you know that. Eh, there's a long story about how I know that song. It's okay. Um, He's the music guy. I would expect him to know that. I would too. But so it it stars Peter Dinklage and Dakota Fanning's little sister Ellie Fanning. It is an apocalypse movie. Oh, I've seen this on. I've scrolled past. I've never watched it, but yeah, I, I yeah same. It is okay. So I've been waiting not, for a situation like this to decide whether or not I watch it. Do not go into it expecting high action or it's labeled as sci-fi. It's not it, like it's sci-fi because it's the apocalypse. But it's not high action. It's not zombies. It is a very small cast. If you do not count extras, there are four credited actors in the film. Okay. It is sparse. The cinematography is unbelievable. The soundtrack is moving and gripping and adds way more gravity to a scene than what would normally be there. And it tells a very compelling end of the world story. Okay. It also it also has Paul Giamatti in it. I know some people here are partial to him. I I, I do like him. I, I feel like I'm he's funny. been yeah. making a comeback and stuff lately. Yes. Um, his character he's also Verizon commercials. So yeah, his character is out there. It's great, but it's very like it's also a very Giamatti role. But it, it was fantastic. Um, super glad I watched that. I watched a movie called Incantation. It is a South Korean horror film on Netflix. Uh, I watched the I watched the trailer for that. I think they just call that Asian porn. It's. <laughs> Um, no, this is not Asian horror sounds fancy. Um, it is very weird. It is very disjointed. Uh, if you're into foreign films, into horror, it's dubbed. So you're not reading subtitles. I wouldn't have minded. Uh, is there a lot of talking? Yes, there. there's a lot of talking. Okay. In some of the horror films, it doesn't really matter because yeah, yeah. it's not a lot. It's just like there are parts of the movie and it works for, for the story of the film, but man, it just feels like very jerky. Okay. You're, you're, you're bouncing from scene to scene and story beat to story beat in a really uh, jarring fashion. The the special effects, the the horror element of it, incredibly well done. 
It's also a borderline religious horror movie, which is kind of why I was okay with it. It's not all like religion is the horror? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. In very much that, like, stigmata, end of days, the exorcist kind of way. But it's not Christianity, which was pretty cool. Okay. <clears throat> Which one was it? Uh, it's an off, offshoot-ish of Hindu. Like a cult version, like the Latter-day Saints version of Hindu, or? Uh, well, like <laughs> there are multiple. Oh, the like, Opus Day. <laughs> what are we talking? About? Hindu is a polytheistic. <clears throat> uh, theology mm -hmm. um so it's hard to say that this is like about the devil of hindu but they have a lot of devils right this this is a malevolent malevolent deity of the hindu religion but it's it's very well done um, I think it's one thing uh, Hindi, Hindu and like Greek mythology had in common. The gods were very quote-unquote human in yes. their desires. Yes. They, did they, were not, not, they were not above it all. They, 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 they had wants. Wants, needs, desires, anger. Anger, pit, uh, envy, all that yeah. shit, yeah. Bite. And sometimes they just wanted to see somebody to suffer. Yes, this there is a lot of spite to be had in this film. Okay. It's I enjoyed it. I, I cannot it it's weird and it's disjointed and I have a hard time recommending it because it is like there's a lot to unpack in what it takes to enjoy the film. Hmm. Okay. But Foreign Asian horror film theology. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah, that's that's checking off all the boxes for something you'd watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel so low rent. I just watched one of my favorite movies. What's that? King King Kong Kong is on Netflix. Uh, watch that. Which one? Peter Jackson one. Is that Jack Black? Yes. Okay. That's my favorite fight scene in any movie. Where he's fighting the trying to protect her from the three T Rexes. Yeah. Mm hmm Just it's all CGI, but I don't care. It's fucking awesome. It's a well choreographed fight. I have to believe that the CGI is based on mocap. Oh, I imagine, yeah, just to get some of it, but yeah. It's hard it's I think it's a I don't mean to usurp your subject matter here, but no. uh, they, uh, it's hard to imagine uh, choreographing that fight without a lot of effort and a lot of thought because the way he uses his feet. Yes. You know, and the way he spins and 
tumbles and rolls and picks up big rock and just smashes the one and uh and then the things he's fighting don't have hands right don't have all they have is a mouth and a tail and they don't really use the tail so yeah a lot of thought had to go into that it was really cool speaking of dinosaurs circus was one of those motion cap i imagine yeah he was in the movie so did everybody he was was the cook double duty did everybody enjoy my my dinosaur factoid the dinosaur factoid Brachiosaurus vomit. Oh, oh, I've seen that before. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I missed you, it. Uh, you didn't see the. You could like they found a fossilized dead dinosaur in a stack of puke. No. Yeah. So they found this puke crater from a Brachiosaurus. Okay. There was a dead crater. small dinosaur in the center of the crater. So the question is, well, how did it die? And one of the thoughts was, could the Brachiosaurus have vomited on the dinosaur to kill it? So they did the the math. They did the science behind it. And yes, a 45-foot-tall, at-the-head Brachiosaurus vomiting 110 pounds of vomit would create enough newtons of force (laughs) to kill the size of a dinosaur that was in the puke crater. Well, I go so far to say they did the monster math. <laughs> oh God! Wow! Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why? Why did you you're, do that? You're, that isn't even pun jail. That's just jail. My that's God, a, man! That's that's my no. favorite part of Reddit. When somebody does it, they link it to the they did the math, and then you're somebody a fucking monster. The, they did the monster math. I love it. Okay, I love it. Uh, Dylan, what'd you check out? I don't know if I watched anything good. Uh, we'll talk about the bad things you watched. Yeah, those matter just as much. No, I mean, like, I think I was playing video games with, like, just football or the news on in the background. Um, you know, there was something I watched. I don't remember. I don't know. Let me let me pop over to Netflix and see if there's anything I watched okay. that I've forgotten. Okay. Hey, uh, the the fantasy football season is over, and the internet fools reign supreme. Hmm. Like, it didn't really matter to like add in your extra stuff there, but at the same time, like, my dudes absolutely took a shit. <laughs> felt so bad when I'm watching the, I think it was the Browns game and they cut over to, you know, a a sports center break or, you know, whatever they call them during football. Sure. And they're talking about the Buccaneers game and they're like, and Mike Evans started the game was in for a play and then immediately exited with an undisclosed illness. Right. I'm like, fucking shit. And I say, the only reason I started him was because they said he needed an extra week to tune up. Cause like when he had that 50 point game, he right. hadn't had a touchdown since week three. Right. 
Like it was that bad. So I don't know. I was like, man, and I told Dylan not to bench him to try and make up for the missed game. Uh huh. I felt so it would have been the same number of points, but I would have felt better. I know. <laughs> oh man. It so wouldn't matter. Like even the rest of that, like the one guy that I put in over top of somebody else actually did better than that person. And there yeah. wasn't anything else in there that I would have done differently other than benching Mike Evans. If I knew he was sick. Right. But you know, they're not going to announce that. Right. I mean, I was happy that I didn't have to adjust any scores. Like, yeah, that it would have been easy enough to do, though. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, that would have been fair. Like, I would not have argued that at all, um, because even like the articles coming out from the websites, like from Yahoo, from ESPN, stuff like that was like, you know, the most common is people are just putting in the projected points and yeah, all it a day. Yeah, so that, you know, not like zero games in our our final week were decided by the the tragic occurrence on Monday Night Football. So that made me feel good. Um, I guess we are going to have to replace a couple of people next year because they just fucking quit. Yeah. There were a couple of people. A couple people that were like good in other years just yeah i mean i get it like i'm i am down to just playing this league and the league with my college friends so yeah i'm not playing any leagues for money or for fun or for anything other than hey i know people in both of these that i'd like to play yeah this is this is the only league that i'm in i used to play a bunch i don't play that many anymore i, I well I, I play one right now because you know it's you and me and the boys and my buddy greg and his son and his best friend from where he lives and you know it's it's all people that i know well if you end up needing people it gives me an excuse to watch football okay is is your wife going to be okay with that i don't care oh, okay is watching football required no Occasionally so. moving guys around on your team is fine, but um, you don't have to watch any of it. Yeah. Yeah. You just You'll probably to... be less sad if you don't watch it. Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I do like, I just, mean, I do like just looking at the numbers after anyway. the fact. Right. But that's not watching the game. So, yeah. So, Dylan, well, what's the verdict? You find anything? No. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, then, uh, I guess that brings it to me. Uh, buckle up because I got a bunch. I got a bunch of shit. Uh, I got shit that I watched. Uh, I've got shit that is not something that I've watched. And then I have something that I really just want to bitch about a lot. Uh, because it's a rabbit hole I've gone down the past couple of days. And I am genuinely upset. So uh, we'll start with things that were watched. Uh, I started watching a, uh, I guess it's Canadian series on Netflix uh, called Slasher. It's not okay. awful is about the best I can say about it. I'm still in the first season. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not awful. It's not good, but it's not awful. Um, my hope is that it gets better. Each season is 
uh, apparently its own self-contained story. That was the only thing I found genuinely appealing about it. Yeah, uh, was, and was that was that. Polite? What? Was it at least polite? Uh, it featured an actress that I was already familiar with because uh, she played uh, Lana Luther on the CW shows. Okay. And she is the main character, which was just odd, but whatever. Uh, so not enough to make you like it. Uh, yeah, like she would not have been the reason that I would have tuned in to watch the show if it was on TV. Okay. Um, I don't like the the only the only thing that really sets this apart from like traditional slasher fare is some of the backstory surrounding it. Uh, the like that surrounding the killer in the first season. So. I don't know. I'll stick it out, see what happens. Uh, I've also been reading a book that I've, I have, I have, uh, since I started reading it, found out is going to be turned into a show on HBO that Charlize Theron is, it, it's being done through her company. I'm hoping that she plays the main character because that will be delightful. Uh, it is called the Final Girl Support Group. It's okay if you haven't heard of it. Uh, no, I've heard, I've heard of the book. I'm trying to remember why, but go ahead. I'm sure you'll tell us. All right. So uh, the author of this book has written a bunch of other books, uh, and this is something that's probably come up in any of your feeds if you have Amazon. Uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism? Yes. Okay. That is yeah. based – that <laughs> is from another book that this guy's written. Uh, and it's uh, – like this book is – is very well crafted and it's uh it's told from the perspective of a final girl uh and it is built in a it, it is it is all set up and predicated in a world that is predicated on the existence of final girls uh as a thing uh, i don't know what that is the, the last girl in the horror movie you've watched horror movies the girl that survives at the end okay okay they the, the term for that is final girl uh and so uh, it, this is why do this, i know that i don't know man <laughs> but uh, like it's it, it, the, the math <laughs> the support group that this girl uh, that the main character is a part of like her 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 final girl moment came about on christmas uh when a guy dressed up like santa came in with an axe and killed a whole bunch of her family and and whatnot and like one of the other girls, her boyfriend and his best friend were, I mean, it's, it's essentially scream. Uh, and then you've got your, your, uh, Texas chainsaw massacre kind of analog with the, uh, uh, inbred cannibals. Yeah. I definitely read a book review for this. Like, uh, and, and then the one girl, her, her thing was against some guy called the dream King uh and then there was the one that took place at camp so it's like it, it, the big tropes okay. the like the big tropey things uh and then it just goes in like a wildly different direction uh uh and so the but the the whole thing on this book is that uh someone ha has targeted this this support group of girls uh oh well they're 
actually they were all they were final girls in like the 80s so they're all in their like 50s and 60s now um but it's uh it, like someone starts targeting this group they meet in secret as it is because there's this whole world of publicity that's built around final girls as well it it deals with the uh a subject that we have talked about on the show in the past the murderabilia side of yes. things uh and then you've got the final girl who uh is sort of stockholm syndrome and sides with the the monster as it were uh, uh it's just it's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting take on things uh and that somebody's targeting and taking out these final girls um I don't know. It just takes it in a, a wildly different direction. And I thought I had figured out who was targeting the group. And I felt real good about that early on. Uh, and then there were a couple of swerves and then a final reveal. And it's like, God damn it. I was so wrong. <laughs> I was missed the leader it. of the support group. What? Was the leader of the support. Group. See, you would think that. And that was what I thought. And that is how the book builds for two thirds of its structure, uh, it builds that it's her. Uh, it's not. Is it one hmm. of the final girls? It's not. Uh, okay. Although the weird sort of Stockholm syndrome final girl, like there's a bunch of weirdness there. Um, I figured she was too obvious of the one, so it'd have to be one of the other ones that wasn't her. But... Uh, she has some level of involvement in everything that's going on. Like it's fucking weird. I haven't finished a book yet. I'm, but I like I've. I have been devouring this book like I have not uh, plowed through a book in a long time, um, like I, like a hundred pages in a day, kind of plowing through a book, uh, wow, which I'm is not plowing much else right now. So, it, which is not uh, not common for me. Um, so, it it's a really good book. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's by uh, the author is Grady Hendrix. Um, uh, he's also written the, uh, the Southern book club's guide to slaying vampires. Like his, his shit's kind of, I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. Like his stuff is it, like, it's comedic and horror. Uh, and, uh, it's, he's a really good, like just, I, I enjoy his writing. So I'm going to be checking out other stuff. Um, uh, he did an interview with last podcast on the left. That's okay. how I know this. Yes, so, uh, I remember reading that somewhere. Listen to that interview, that is available somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, and that was not a thing that I had necessarily even planned on talking about. Uh, the other thing that I watched, uh, and this one I can recommend, um, and I can have like emphatically recommend it: Kaleidoscope on Netflix. I've saved. Oh, I haven't started. Oh God. Ugh. <laughs> I started. I turned it on. And the opening, every viewer will watch them in different orders. I'm like, fuck you. Turned it off. Okay. I mean, that absolutely Just tracks for what the I was... story. Don't make me fucking do math. You, you don't have to do math. Uh, each of the episodes exists in its own kind of self-contained way. They all function perfectly. Like it, it doesn't matter what order you watch them in. Although you should absolutely watch the, the white episode last. Uh, but it, it second to last is it last? No, it's uh, you want to watch that one last. Okay, I think they they frame it to be last every time. Yes, change it. I think so. Uh, I mean it. 
watching that one before watching the other ones removes the ele- removes some of the element of surprise that is needed in a reveal. Right. I didn't want to watch yeah. that while I was doing other stuff because but it uh it, it has Giancarlo Esposito in the lead and it is uh and he is fantastic from beginning to end. Uh just absolutely fantastic. Is a a well put together show. Um and uh, there really isn't any it, it necessarily any thinking that needs to be done. There was one point when Nicole and I were watching it where she's like, I wonder why he's so upset with that guy. She's like, I, I wonder if we'll find out about that. And it was like literally the next episode in in the way it was organized for us was the one that went that far back into the past to explain things. But it was it was never like the end of an episode led to a cliffhanger for the next one. So it was, I I, I don't know. It was an interesting that's, way to do it. That's the one you should do, where everyone's a cliffhanger, but the next episode may not be the answer to that cliffhanger. See, that's 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 what got me through the Da Vinci Code. Every chapter ended on a cliffhanger, and every chapter after that had its own cliffhanger, and. Reading that one, you build up to the point where you forgot about the last one. And then it would go back to one, you know, after end of uh, uh, beginning of chapter five answers what happened at the end of chapter two kind of thing. Just kept kept you guessing. All right, so that uh, that will cover everything that has been watched and, I guess, the thing that wasn't watched. Uh, here's the thing I need to complain about. We have talked about AI uh, as it relates to artistic endeavors recently. more than I forgot about that. Uh, I, I, I totally thought your rage thing would be something different. No, I will. no it's not. Uh, and, uh, like, I didn't go into this in the group chat, uh, but I fucking went down the rabbit hole on this because... Uh, it started with an ad on Facebook for a service that I'm not even going to name because it's fucking bullshit uh, that you can utilize that will take AI and you can use it to craft blog posts or uh, website or website yeah. content. Like you can use it to generate content of substance. That bothered me because you're limited, like much like much like the the art. AIs, now it's going to start dipping into a writer's work, and it's a and I, I I honestly think it's going to be harder to identify a writer's work when it's a snippet here and a snippet there of somebody's writing style. I'm going to circle back to this, so I start down this rabbit hole, and then I and then I learn that there are uh, that this is like a problem in academia. Uh, because there are AIs that students can utilize to write term papers. Yep. Mm-hmm. A- example. I several articles this week, so this is topical. Right. Like the uh, like the the uh, I, I am pulling heavily from an article I read on Mashable. Uh, I only get articles from Mashable because they have really good sex articles about once a week. Um, that's neither here nor there. But that's that's why I use that as a source. So, anyways, the uh, but like 
the significance of blue in the great Gatsby as a term paper subject. You can plug that in, get a term paper. Here's, here is the absolutely maddening part, the part that infuriates me beyond belief, and uh, the part that makes me uh, jealous of visual artists. You can take this AI-generated term paper, feed it into another AI program that will fucking paraphrase the term paper. So now you've taken this thing that's pulling pulling like artistic content in a writing style and now you're paraphrasing it to remove that fingerprint mm -hmm. like, like, i'm not going to have that with something that's generating you know the ai uh the ai art of like uh you know uh, uh I am blanking on a subject. Just, but. No, no. The thing you should be upset about is the sheer flood of uh, James Patterson books that are going to come out next year. <laughs> I mean, he's basically hired AI to write them right now. It's just. Yeah. But now he doesn't have to pay anybody. He just has to plug it in. Yeah. So Sorry. I, I was I was making a joke of the whole thing. No, I, and it and that that's the it's a joke, but it's also it's also entirely possible. And it, like it's it's fucked up. So this had me this got my mind working, thinking, uh, twisting things over, and and thinking of possible ways that that the AI could that sort of AI copying some kind of other creator's material to purport as its own. Uh, game design. Well, that's where I will take over the subject matter because uh, has anybody been play paying attention to D&D &D 1? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Remember how we used to talk about making supplements? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, it will. Because we're not going to make 750000 I mean, it's 750000 net profit, right? Like, no, it's, it's not. not. It's total gross. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that number, they... they they say in the contract that basically null and voids the the original one. So you can't even like say, well, I'm working under this, that I'm still within the parameters here. No, that's all gone. This is going to be law. This is law of the land. And it's subject to change at a whim with 30 days notice. It takes people longer than 30 days to mm -hmm. put their shit out. Yeah. So basically it's no notice. Kind of. Also, they can then take they're they're, they're going to war with their player base. Yeah, right. uh, I mean, based off the way that it's written, uh, and I I have read significant portions of it, but based off the way that it's written, Critical Role can't continue. Yeah, they're gonna have to. They're gonna 
they're going to change from D&D to something else. Yeah. They're going to start running Vampire the Masquerade or something. Yep. Yeah. Uh, critical role. Well, they can, but they're going to have to pay royalties to Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro. Same with Dimension 20 and all those those places. They could probably get a pretty sweet deal with Pathfinder. Well, that's oh, what they started with anyways. Yeah, Pathfinder is just going to become, you know, the, the well that everyone goes back to because they're not trying. They're I, not I, I really, I really, I really hope, base. I really hope they listen to the outrage because, you know, I'll, I'll still play 5e, you know, with my friends and, you know, but our podcast, you know, it isn't necessarily are we going to be uh, profitable or what it's is anyone want, going to want to listen to it with that sour taste in their mouth? I mean, there is that. Um, I mean, but let's let's pump the brakes on everybody going to Pathfinder. Pathfinder is not the only other system. No, no. I, mean, I would no. rather. I would much rather listen to DCC. Honestly, if we went to anything, it'd probably be Savage Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Savage Worlds or Dungeon Crawl. I would. I would go, do Goodman Games. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think Goodman Games right DCC would be a good thing for a podcast. Um, I think you know it'd be a lot of fun. I don't know, you know, if we were going to essentially shift from you know looking at content like created marketed sold content like i don't know if we could do that with dcc um, yeah i don't i don't know we're not going to be able to do our own thing we'd have to make our own game system if we wanted um, to do we can do we can do savage worlds is that open savage worlds what? has an open game license yes i mean we know someone who has multiple good selling Savage Worlds source books. We we frequent his convention every year. We we could <sighs> we, we could look into pivoting that way if if need be. That's that I'm okay with that. Yeah, it um, just it just makes me sick to how how oh one hundred percent how deaf they have to be to to their fans their their player base. Yeah, to even I mean I gotta think someone inside Wizards of the Coast, someone inside of you know the head office leaked this to the reporter to say to to just. His last dis, his or her, sorry, uh, last ditch effort to try to change their minds. It's like, uh, let's get this out in the world. Let's get people outraged, and and I can show them, you know, this is a bad idea. Yeah, but I mean, I they want to make money. It's a business. I get it. It is, and, and probably, some know, of the best, some of the best, most uh 
things that are most profitable out there in the world of D&D are not made by Wizards of the Coast. That should be a wake-up call to Wizards of the Coast to start looking at the at their business model, not looking for ways to monetize someone Ch- else's like claw that. back some profits, yeah. Yeah. Um the the problem that Wizards of the Coast has is they are in Pardon me for a second while I get a little social justice warrior here. I'm shocked. <laughs> Wizards has a significant problem with shedding some of the very problematic racist origins of D&D and Gary Gygax. For some reason, they they are like really hard pressed to look at this thoughtfully and recognize "Mm, this is a problem. So. See, that's the way I felt about uh, Pathfinder after talking to that guy at. uh, Absolutely. uh, Him basically shitting on D and D because they were trying to introduce uh, some measure of diversity. But as as much as wizards tries, they're not they're not making the the hard choices. They're they're they are teeing up and smashing grand slams on all the easy ones. But they still there are still problems that they just they they don't want to address. The community has. Are you talking? What, 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 give me an example. Are you talking like the wheelchair rules and that stuff? I mean, wheelchair rules are are just one example of great ideas from the player base. But I mean, look at how long it took wizards to finally get rid of the idea that some races are just inherently evil. Yeah, that's something the player base has. That's 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 the thing that with D and D, I what's written in the books. If I don't like it, I change it. Right. Not everybody does. You know? I, back back when we played three point five or whatever, I or three, I had a freaking Minotaur Ranger just because I wanted one. I mean, think about this. I remember on this podcast, we talked about when in, I believe it was campaign two, might have been campaign one, and we were talking about old stuff. But when Matt introduced a full-blooded orc who was just a leatherworker trader. Yes, in, in, in campaign a, two, it was right outside their, almost the starting town, yeah. Right. When we went, when that happened, I was like, we, we were like, cool. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I we remember. talked about it specifically because here is this orc, this, this stereotypically stupid, not a half orc. Yeah. Full blooded orc. And we were like blown away by it. 
this is 50 some years, almost 50. Now, granted, years he had a goblin in the party. Right. So. But, I they mean, scapegoated it, out, or they kind of copped out of that. It has taken wizards a long time to get rid of some of that Gygax, Tolkien level racism that's inherent in the discussion about races. I mean, in, when it was first brought up as a topic, I thought it was kind of... Uh, it gets kind it, of muddy it, there, that, that, that argument, because uh, I mean, at, some, at some point you call them races. They're monsters. They're, they're monsters. But they're, they're humanoid monsters, so therefore they get the same agency that elves and dwarfs and and whatnot get so once you give them that agency you kind of have to give them you know the choice that you're demanding i get it but originally they they were they weren't ever on the player side of the table they were just monsters sure there was something to put your sword in sure but it goes back to the idea that you have now like you've just decided that this thing is always this way. And we've, because of the way that that these fantasy things were devised, we call it a race. It's not a race. It's a a species. Yeah. But, and and when it was first brought up, I, I thought the the use of the word race and that word being a problem, I thought, nah, that's, that's kind of like you're building a straw man. But then the more I thought about it and the more I, I thought about Tolkien's use of it and Gygax's use of it and in the way that these things were de- described physically in appearance, like all of these things, like there is a lot of, just ingrained racism that was built into that early mythos. Yeah. I mean, there, there, that was the, I, I hate these stories. Uh, the wheel of time miniseries was, you know, all about that. The dark one there, there's just this bad guy. Who's just the dark one. You know, Mm -hmm. that's all we need to say is that's enough for him to be the enemy. He's, he's, he, Treads in the shadows, you know, kind of. And Tolkien is the king of that. Right. And, so, you know, some of it, you know, yeah, you can chalk it up to, well, that's. It's just the way it was done. Yeah. It's, it's the product of the time and whatnot. Okay, fine. That, that, that's a product of the time. That was a long time ago. We are okay to leave it a long time ago. And, work to make this this thing that so many people love more inclusive now because we can we we can recognize the shortcomings of where things came from and improve upon them now and yeah, the, the use of the word race to describe 
what is very clearly a species of something and not a, a race. Uh, and then ascribing, you know, even if you look at, I, I know that they, I, I think they didn't start out this way, but even if you look at drow, like they were for a long time, just an inherently evil playable race of elves. And yes. that there, there was, there, there is a very problematic racist history that is kind of taken out of the real world and plopped into this role-playing world uh, and, and then dressed up as dark elves. Yeah, some of this can be espoused to like uh nationalist kind of thinking like yes take take away drow and just insert russian yes you know, you know it's the 80s okay bad guys equal russian you know it's all the movies all you know the, okay well our quote-unquote russians have white hair you know ebony skin live underneath the ground pointed ears really crazy magic and they are bent on killing all other elves. Yeah, it's, it's it's basically just taking a template from one thing and applying it the other way without any thought. Right is what you're saying. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. They're, I, they they looked at things very monolithic, and <clears throat> that has created significant problems. Well, I think that is where. Um, critical role and the streaming community for D&D has done them the, the greatest service because yes. you have every creed, color, uh, orientation you can think of in, in both player base and characters being uh, sitting at the table. And I, I think mean, it, that's that's kind of the the point that I was going for is a lot of these changes have been player base driven, not Wizards of the Coast driven. Well, that's what you hap happens when you open the book and it says anything you don't like here, don't use it. Right. You know, people at the and then you know when they put on a show every week, and however many people tune in, and that show is. Uh, basically showing everyone else oh that's how they do it well yeah. i could do that you know yeah it, granted, I, a lot of things they stole from us yeah we all agree that <laughs> there there's some uncanny things going on there a lot but... of coincidences we won't get into right now i mean but, uh, yeah. specifically three things that come to mind but yeah yeah we won't dwell yeah you know and, you heard it here first, folks, but to know. To, to be clear, we're not actually leveling any accusations that would. Be no, no. It's just yeah. some weird coincidence. Yeah, there, there, are, there have been some weird coincidences, and it's kind of fun, and it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah. But I mean, if you, if you talk to people who are 
a part of our community who are not us. And by us, I mean a group of cis white men. And you you have a conversation with them about representation in the hobby. Um, A lot of them have both very positive things and, and some still negative points to make about where the hobby is at right now. And that's why I look at things like the uh, combat wheelchair and I look at, you know, the, the significant push by the player base to get rid of this notion that there are just wholly evil races. Uh, and, you know, as much as it's not a, a thing for me, there, there is something to be said for the uh, amorous relationships that, that get role-played in some of the ongoing campaigns. Because while that representation doesn't mean something to me, it still is very important and very real and very impactful to someone else. It's the whole uh, static shock, uh, black lightning. Uh, yeah. Black, the first black Panther, the second black Panther, the, the people want to see themselves. Yes. Yes. They want to, they want to immerse both, you know, playing the game and, you know, having it mirror back to them. Uh, I, I actually, I'm relatively new to D and D. I've only been playing it, you know, for 30 years. There's people who have been playing it their entire fucking lives, and you know, stuff. I didn't get into it really till I was in college, right? But it wasn't until I'm starting to think it's five years ago when I started playing with the group here in Ashland mm-hmm. that I ha- I have consistently played at a table where two of the members of a six person gaming group are women. Yeah. I mean, when we played with the girls, that was novel just because, you know, introducing, you know, girls to the group. Cause it was, you know, this geeky thing. Now, now it's not as geeky as it used to be just because it's okay to be a geek. Uh, right. But I I actually read a really cool piece. It was an interview with Don Cheadle. And Don Cheadle in this interview is talking about fan interactions that he's had as part of the MCU. And when he was brought into the MCU to replace uh, Terrence, I forget his last name. Howard. Terrence Howard, thank you. Um, there, was, there, was, there was some divisiveness there because, he was, because of the way that was handled. But then after Civil War, when his character was given those leg braces, Mm-hmm. His entire interactions, 
it, it, everything about his interactions changed. And it wasn't because of some sort of sympathetic thing about the character. It was because now there was, number one, a, 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 an established black man as a superhero in the MCU. But there was also the fact that he had leg braces and mm-hmm. he was a superhero. And that was a very important thing for a lot of people. And I, until I had read that article, I read it very recently, like within the last month, I think. Until I had read that, I had not even thought about the fact that they had this character who had to have these leg braces to exist as as a quote-unquote normal person. You know, if he didn't have that, he wouldn't walk. Yeah. Um, The the interaction between him and uh, Ross, she's like, he's like, I feel like I've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that comment in Infinity War was cool. Yeah. There is, it, it, reading that article made me realize that it can be very easy to miss understanding the representation inherent in a character or in a piece of content if that representation doesn't mean anything to you personally. Well, and that's, you you can kind of see two sides of it too, because you have where Marvel, you have James Rhodes, who, Mm -hmm. you know, becomes war machine, totally competent, kind of the, the, the the government's Iron Man. He gets hurt, but it doesn't stop him from being war machine. Right. Uh, he, uh, and then you have, well, I don't know, DC or Marvel just, they like to hurt their characters. Yes. Yes, they do. They like to show their characters are human and DC, they're like indestructible. Yet you have this one black character who is like 90% machine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why wasn't he indestructible? He just likes to hurt their characters on the inside. I guess. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, DC- it's been said many times, DC are gods pretending to be people and Marvel are people pretending to be gods. Yes. But there, there is definitely something to be said for the fact that uh, DC... DC has some diversity uh, necessities right now. Yeah. Well, they're, I think the biggest problem with, especially their movies, is the power scale is way too high. Every yeah. character is Captain Marvel. Yep. When she shows up in Endgame, it's like, fuck yeah. You know, here, we're, we're turning it around. And that's every character's entrance, except for Batman in DC. Well, that's because Batman had to stop for gas. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's just kind of. Yeah. Ridic. 
Yeah. But and we were right. way into the weeds on that. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's usually what happens when those two let us just ramble. I mean, the only yeah, thing got- I would have added when you were all talking was that I've been to conventions with people that look like me for 20 years, and I'm glad there's somebody else. Amen to that. Because, like, goddamn, nice having to not worry about, like, the crazy person you're sitting across from. I mean, to to speak to the point about, like, uh, women in... I don't think we've ever been the lower end of that extreme. No, no. We've been the quality people there, but... Well, I wouldn't even say that. I would just there say was, there was a very normal. low bar. <laughs> yes, but I, I, like speaking to the the women in role playing, uh, like years and years ago, uh, first few times I went to Origins, I got in role playing tournaments, and it was absolutely a thing that stood out when in just this room that was an absolute sausage fest, uh, there were three women. Uh, no more than one to a table because obviously you don't want them together but there was more than one in the room cycles might sync up what? I said their cycles might sync up there's that because it was a multi-night event so that was entirely possible that's a concern uh, okay but I, I'm I mean, sorry you there have to have people that hung out with other people yeah. that are women yeah, it was just uh, it was just interesting that there were at that point in time. This was back in the second half of the '90s that there were there was anything other than dudes there to play. Yeah, I mean, even if you branch out of role playing and you look at some of our other uh, pastimes, mm-hmm. um, card games, video games, yeah. <laughs> Even including Killer Carrie, when we would go to large scale Doomtown Deadlands card tournaments, mm-hmm. how many females played? I mean, you've named the one that I know most times. Two. I mean, okay. It was usually uh, Killer Carrie and. I don't know if I'm allowed to say her name. The other one. Ellie. Okay. Thanks, Ray. Oh, (laughs) if you can't say it, I'll say it. Uh, But yeah, she would have been the only other, the only other female participating at that point in time. Right. Right. When we played card games locally, I mean, think back to when we both worked at a card shop. Mm Mm-hmm. How, how many females did we see come in there to play Magic? You mean other than Ellie? Yes. Well, they were there for Beanie Babies. Um, was there anyone <laughs> other than Ellie? No. Okay. <laughs> if you go to a Friday Night Magic event now, mm-hmm. uh, and I have not been to one, but I have a co-worker who is a big Magic player, who would love to play commander with us because he um, hates money no he he has a actually a pretty impressive card collection that he uh yeah he he could sell and and make his money back on um but he showed me a picture of a friday night magic and while uh 
ladies were not the majority. Um, it wasn't, you know, a bunch of dudes and Ellie. Yeah. You know, there, there it wasn't five to one guys. And to her, right. and to her credit, she took exactly zero shit from any of the randos. That's correct. That is 100% correct. It's nice. That was a nice that, thing. Like I never had to, I never had to defend her honor because she, she would beat me to it. And probably beat you up. Yeah. For trying to step in. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Don't ever. Mm -mm. No, I know. I saw. Oh God. I think it was. Bob tried to step in to shield her honor one time. Um, you were there. I think you were smoking. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think I had just come back in and you were finishing your cigarette and I got in there in time to see Bob attempt. And then she uh, dealt with it on two separate fronts at the same time. And did and, equally well with both. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think the thing that's kept a lot of uh, uh, girls away from it is they're not all Ellie. No, they're not. No, they're not. And, and they, they, they were expected to, to be to survive no. that group, that, that environment then. Correct. But this was a different, I mean, I mean this she, was a different her, time. She was, she was, it was, it was a necessity that she be the way she was you know, in the face of adversity or, or just yeah. back talk. Right. But yeah, I mean, at the time it felt very necessary for her to be that way. And I think now we're getting to a point where it doesn't have to be that way. And we're recognizing on, on a, on a whole, um, that it shouldn't be that way. To bring this right back around to the beginning, uh, uh, I've been watching uh, Snap on Twitch. You know, just put it on and just listen. Yeah. And there's a number of streamers there, girls. Oh, absolutely. God, I can't remember the one's name. Uh, if it's she... easier for you, we can just call her Barbie and move on. No. She posts content and like one of her segments, she does like the most ridiculous decks. And then, you know, it, oh, you want to play this kind of thing, but you don't have all the cards. Oh. And she will just like build this batshit in crazy, crazy thing and then show you like her just wiping the floor with people. She, uh, the one girl I was watching, I think it was the girl I was watching, she built a deck slowly based on uh, one artist's art. And this was before they had the credits. She, it was yep. just based on, you know, okay, this looks like his art too, or their art as well. Uh, and she built a deck, you know, just 12 cards, all by the same guy, person. Sorry, I keep doing that. Um, and... Uh, you know, played that, and a lot of the streamers, male, female, whoever they were, uh, 
will play a deck that they're trying to showcase or get footage of for a YouTube video. Uh, and then they'll take, uh, like, suggestions from chat, and they'll just plug it, delete one of their decks, plug in a, a link, and play this garbage that someone <laughs> submitted. And then yeah. you know, they'll play a couple games, total, you know, uh, hit and miss, uh, depending on uh, what, what it is. And then they'll make changes, suggestions, tweak it, and by the end, it's... Usually, you know, these people have, I would say, 90% of the cards available. Probably. But some people some people have, uh, there's one guy I follow, he has a, a complete set except for Sentry, and that was in his store, and he's like, and I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Do not he blame said he, them one bid. He said, uh... In order to have to have a complete set to have every card in in the game available except for that one, uh, it cost him twenty seven hundred dollars. It's insane <laughs> to, to to get there and being playing playing from like you know when it started. Yeah, but they have a hard uh, cap uh, cap on what you can spend today. I'm sorry, we're getting off subject of, of gamer culture. Who's allowed and who's not? But yeah, I, I I enjoy the especially streaming Snap. It's more like they're just sitting there chatting, playing a game, and every once in a while they talk about it because the games are so quick. Like, yep, Dylan was saying, it it's short attention span theater. <laughs> I mean, yep. you you can get up and go get a drink and. Or go to the bathroom and not feel like you missed a chapter of a novel because you come back to Critical Role after five minutes. You're like, "What the fuck happened?" Yep. You know, where where are we at now? It doesn't matter. You know, they're just it's another game. Yep. It is kind of interesting to see how many of the uh, Hearthstone players have switched to Snap. Happily, I mean, yes. it's a quicker game. It's like. You're not going to play the same thing twice just because the location's changing. They keep adding locations and they can keep going with it. Like, like yeah. Happens. I was thinking about it the other day, thinking, okay, you have a cost from one, from zero to six. I mean, granted, you have Death, who's what, 12? She costs nine. nine. So, but there's, you have to work to get her to be affordable. Uh, so that that's one parameter of your card creation: zero to six in cost. Um, power. I think highest printed is fourteen or fifteen. 20. Destroy 20. Oh, 20. Sorry, twenty. Yeah, uh, highest printed is twenty. And then, but you, you know, have how to many? How many abilities? To play that card, huh? You have to skip a turn to play that card. True. True. But I mean. I loved Mage Knight. I think Jeff will agree. Dylan played as well. And I loved that game. We it were was pretty fun. good at it, too. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, it brought a different kind of collectability challenge to, to the... You, know, you had to build your army and whatnot. But because of the the physicality of the dial and the number... There's only four 
you know, printable spots on each click of that dial and only so many combinations of, you know, the abilities on all the things. You had a point where you would run out of a, you've done all the combinations. There's no yep. new characters anymore. So now the only thing you're going to change is the cost to put it on the field. That's okay. This well, is the same as that old old figure, but this one costs two less and it's unique. They uh, well, they did end up getting some longevity out of uh, going from the dungeon having, stuff. Yeah. Well, they had the the dungeon stuff added some life to it. The uh, like normally the abilities would be squared within the box. They they then added some rounded ones. Mm-hmm. So instead of having like a blue square, you'd have a blue circle. I I realize yeah, that the sounds force march and that stuff like that, dumb, but it like that essentially allowed them to double what they could do in a given space. But they still ended up running out. They still ended up some degree, reaching yeah. reaching their, reaching their their limit. I was just wondering, you know, you have cards with no abilities, you have movement abilities, you have ongoing and uh on reveal and then you have things like uh sunspot who just has an ability but it's not a dealable cancelable it's not it's not affected by whatever locations he's sitting on yep you know so those are all factors i'm just wondering how many card combinations they can they can come out and what what is the projected lifespan of this game you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i mean it, i mean mar for as far as marvel goes there's no limit to the number of cards you can add i mean there's shit ton of characters and i'm sure there's a you know legendary cap character that costs five and you know you know there's no uh it's not, I mean, nothing saying they can't redo the character in a different Card yeah, entirely. I think that's probably like the next thing we'll see is you know you can have variants right now of Spider-Man in the black suit, but it's still Spider-Man. You know, maybe we'll see a uh, venomized or a, a symbiote Spider-Man that is a different ability or you know maybe we'll see you know there there's some location manipulation now you know with scarlet witch and storm and magic and rhino um but it's very quake yeah um you know there we could end up seeing you know something that centers on you know locations well, I think locations are basically the 13th card, 13, 14, 15th card in your deck. Yeah, yeah. Because th- there's been some games with my Wong Tiger Odin deck that I've been, you know, basically beaten into the ground where I don't get Wong, but Kamatage is there. Yeah. Okay, that works. Yeah. And if I get Wong on that... Oh shit! Every spot is full with a tiger. Yep. But yeah, uh, 
I think there's going to be some interesting things to come. Um, mainly, and the one thing I like, um, Marvel doesn't seem to be telling them no on characters to use. I'm sure they have a list of, yeah, you can do these people. But I watched a video talking about the, the, the cards that they just moved down to pool three and to pool four or series yeah. four. Um, two of the cards that they did not pull from five down were Galactus and uh, Thanos. Thanos. And that, mm -hmm. and that was uh, theorized that that was a request because they're supposed to be the big bats. Yes. They're, they're supposed to be on obtainium. You know, they're supposed to be hard to get. And if you do get them, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. No, and that's, that's fine. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. I, I mean, I've kind of made my peace with I'm never going to have all these cards. Even though when I play these games, I am typically play as a collector. Sure. But I like trying to make it work with the pile of garbage I have. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, and the thing is, if it's a certain location day, your pile of garbage just got better because you got to use some crap. Oh, yeah. Use. When I rolled with that... uh Gamma Lab Rats deck and was just <laughs> eating things up with uh, whoever I met. If I got half the cards I needed, it was over. Right. Yeah. I was I mean, doing that. To, I was doing that today with uh, the uh, uh, altar, altar of death, or whatever it was. Because uh, yeah. you know, I just okay. Well, I'm, a third of this deck's going to be one draws that give do something one. Uh, one cost and two cost that do something as they are reveal, like Scorpion or Nova or Iceman, you know, stuff I can just throw away to buy the bigger stuff. Yep. And when you get a second turn, uh, um, second turn Zabu into, you know, I have an empty hand because everything I draw I can pay for right now. I did lose uh, to today. Uh, I was playing my deck that I built specifically for Altar of Death. Mm -hmm. uh, and mine kind of builds to like a turn five kind of crescendo. Where I just drop a shit ton on turn five. And I had an empty altar and I was like, nope, I'm good. I've got nine energy sitting here. I'm just going to play it out, and I'm going to be good. And my opponent played Arrow on Altar of Death. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Yep. As long as they have priority, you're fucked. No, they don't need priority. Oh, they don't? No. Anything she moves. Played, same thing as leader. Yeah. Oh, she right. moves everything. After after they reveal, she can move them. Yeah, yeah. What does it matter? They're not played, like they're not played there, so they don't die. Oh so, yes, they do. Are they yes. considered to be played at her location? All everything I played died. I didn't think that's how that was written. That's what happened. My death died. 
it, it works the same way as the Magneto Kingpin trick yeah. does, where you play Magneto in your lane with Kingpin and you pull over their, you know, threes and fours and just pop them. I'll specifically say because they move there, just like the one location where when they move right. there. Right. But no. My, my says when played there. My death, my Bucky, my Nova, my Carnage. Well, at least your Bucky stuck around. You'd had a six, uh, six power there. No, I had, I had seven power there because Nova died. But <laughs> that that was my big turn. Like that was where I was like, nope, I'm good. Because Carnage was going to eat Nova and Bucky. And Death was going to be 12 power in another lane. No. It, it was all over. I mean, I get the moving one killing it, but I didn't think that would kill it. But Yeah. Everything. Look at the way she's written. Yeah. Everything died. That that was that was brutal. Yeah, but that's one, one game. game it's one yeah. game, and it lasted three minutes. Yeah, yeah. I actually stuck around for the sixth turn, played my card, and just spent the rest of the time giving the dude the thumbs up and the fist bump emojis because that was a <laughs> that was a tech play. Yeah, it's funny. It's those cards that people hate, but. I don't. I don't want to say we're special or anything, but our group—that's the kind of cards we gravitate towards. Yeah, I would love. I would love to play Arrow. I'm apparently not smart enough to get the most out of Arrow. Uh, I bought her from the token shop. Uh, I have yet to have a deck that really takes advantage of her. I have her in my annoy deck. My annoy deck. I think, but I, I usually just, I lose because I played her. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I just, it doesn't work out right or they're playing against it. This altar of death deck is the first deck that I've put Captain Marvel in that I'm like, yes, this works. Okay. She can move there after the fact too. Yeah. She can move there after the fact. I can drop her nice and early because I'm killing shit. Yeah. I mean, she only moves on her own at the very end of the game, right? Correct. Match, and, right? And only if she can move to win you the game. Is it the game? Okay. And it's not to win you a third lane. It's Nope. If you're winning two lanes and the other lane is... You know, empty. She won't move. It's only nope. if it changes the outcome. Yep. Interesting. Uh, we're starting to run long. So here's something terrible. Oh, I don't think we are. You don't think we are? Okay. No. Uh, okay. I'm just <laughs> fucking with you. No, I'd be carrying on. Though. I'm completely good. We can go as long and as short as we need to. 
I'm being the contrarian troll, that's all. Oh, okay. Well, here's an on-reveal ability for you. On-reveal, end the show. Be excellent to each other, everybody.